Hi, this is Bob Sorrentino from Italian Roots and Genealogy, and I'm here today with Jim Pasto, and we're going to talk a little bit about growing up Italian. And uh, I grew up Italian in New York, and Jim grew up Italian in Boston, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the differences. So thanks, Jim. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thank you, Bob. Uh, so, you know, when I was, when I was thinking about y- your name, uh, Pasto, I was wondering, because, you know, I'm crazy with this genealogy, I'm wondering if... If somewhere back in, in your line, they weren't pasta makers. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about this is that the name is actually pasta. In Italy, my family is pasta. Ah, there you now, go. And my father was for a time a baker. But a quick interesting story about the name. My father always told me that his, we didn't, I didn't know the family was named pasta in Italy until much later. So growing up, my father always told me that his father hated pasta. Okay, so that's the story. When I get to Italy, I find out that the name of the family is Pasta. So my theory is my grandfather actually deliberately changed it when he came over from Pasta to Pasto because he didn't like the pasta. That's funny. Well, that's An Italian funny. that didn't like pasta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm weird because I'm an, Italian, I'm an Italian who doesn't like calamar and fish, so. Oh, yeah. I, I think I love it all. <laughs> Uh, so now, so where is where are your where are your parents from? Where are their families from? So my father's father's from a small village up in Abruzzo. And his mother is from a town called Philadelphia in, in Calabria. But my mother's mother and father were both uh, from towns around Avellino, so the uh, Villanese. Ah, okay, all right. So that's yeah, it's close close together. And yeah. um, so when did they come to the states? They all came, you know, the turn of the century, early 1900s. Um, my father's father settled actually first in Welch, West Virginia. That's where my father was born. And I, I, I'm not sure if they were there for mining work or construction work, but they eventually then left. And I think they had relatives in Connecticut. So they went up to Connecticut first. And then from there, they ended up in East Boston. But my mother's um, father and mother, they both came to Boston from Italy, and, and they lived in south of the uh, southern part of Boston. Uh, uh, I forget the, actually the name of the little section. It's, it's, a, it's a small section. But they were literally chased out by the Irish. They were told to leave, and so they went back. They went to the north end, and uh, they grew up there. So that's where I grew up. So, yeah, so I guess, I mean, New York was this, the same way. You know, you had the Italian neighborhoods, you had the Irish neighborhoods, and they would overlap yeah. a little bit. But I didn't realize that they chased the Italians out in Boston. They chased them. Yeah, they, they, so the kids used to used to follow my mother and her old assistant, say, guinea wop, guinea wop. And then the, the, the Irish parish priest said, basically, what's probably better if, if you leave here, better for you, better for us. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's something. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't... I, I, I mean, at least when I grew up, New York wasn't quite that bad. But I, I'm, I'm sure you know there was a lot of prejudices back then. So now, did you did now? So did you grow up in the North End? I grew up in the North End. I was born in '58, and I, you know, I, my family left in the mid '90s. I left to do military service. I traveled to Hawaii. I did some education overseas, you know. So, but that was still my home whenever I went back until the mid 90s so i grew up there i grew up through the changes and gentrification i grew up you know the old corner life and it was a nice place to grow up uh yeah i mean i you know i grew up in uh, my family was from corona queens which was an italian enclave you know new york has so many had so So many italian neighborhoods 
you know, each every every county had an Italian neighborhood or, nice. or more. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Manhattan had at least at least three, uh, and probably more. And Brooklyn had a couple of different ones. And this uh, sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, Corona Queens. Now it's 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 changed a lot. You know, there's a, there's it's you know more Hispanic and everything, but. You know, when I was a kid growing up in the, the, the late 50s, I was born in 51. So growing up in the late 50s and early 60s, that's all it was. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was just Italian, you know, for probably, I guess, a, a 10 block area or something. Right by yeah. the World's Fair and Chase Stadium and, and that general area, you know. Um, but, but the North End, I, I, kind of, I kind of look at that. I've been there a couple of times, uh, but I kind of look at that as, uh, you know, Boston's New York, Little Italy type of place. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a, an equivalent of it because there were some other uh, Italian neighborhoods in Boston. East Boston was a big Italian neighborhood. The West End was, you know, majority Italian before it was knocked down. But there were areas of uh, West Roxbury and, and other parts of the city, you know. But the North End was like that hub for them all. So what was it like, you know, growing up there surrounded by Italians? Or Italian-Americans. <laughs> well, but it, but it was Italians. But interestingly, and I've done research on this, the North End had a lot of new Italian immigrants who were coming in in the 60s and the 70s. So my, my grammar school, St. Anthony's, about 30% of the kids were right from Italy. And, you know, so I, I was surrounded by Italians right from Italy and Italian-Americans, 90%, you know, between the both. And it was, you know, what was it like? It was just that was life for me you know that was normal life that was american life uh italian food italian coffee italian businesses butcher shops that was my america you know in an interesting way uh, yeah. So, yeah so when i left you know it was odd not to see this if i went into other neighborhoods uh, although we thought of that out there as america too you know it was interesting uh yes yeah, so, and you told me before you uh uh, the uh, lunch ladies in your grammar school were uh, cooking real yeah. food. They cook real food. There were two women. I think they were both from Italy. And for lunch, you know, we'd go down and have homemade meatloaf, homemade, you know, pasta, homemade gravy. I mean, it was just, yeah, that was the normal. That's incredible. That's, that's, I've never heard anybody say that the Italian oh, ladies cooking. Yeah, yeah they did. They did in my St. Anthony's. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. That's just it was great. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to go. We would go to the beach, you know, yeah. and and my aunts would, you know, we we'd have eggplant parmesan heroes and sausage and peppers and everything, and you know, the American kids were eating bologna and peanut right. butter and jelly. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Well, you know, my friends. That's funny because my friends who went to to um, public schools, right? They would and outside of the North End or in the North End, the same thing. They'd open up a sandwich and it would be a broccoli rob, a meatball sandwich, and their <laughs> friends would have bologna, right? <laughs> I know, that's so, that's so funny. Uh, uh, and and uh, you, I'm sure you had the experience of bringing the, uh, the non-Italians back to moms or grandmas and telling them, slow down, that's only course one. <laughs> right, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Especially, you know, on holidays, we'd invite people over and it would be a feast for them, it would be there's more coming. They, they literally, that's what they say. This you mean there's another course after this? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're just getting warmed and, up here. Just get, and that was just our, our normal. You know, that's how we live. 
Yeah, I, I, I know it's, it's uh, you know, we look back on those days. And, and, you know, that's why I do some of this stuff. I like to talk to people like you because um, th- that culture is lost now. You yeah. know, uh, our kids didn't see it. And, and you know, my I don't have grandchildren yet, but my, my cousins that have uh, grandchildren, some even have great-grandchildren, believe it or not, uh, they, don't, they don't know any of this stuff, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, the, um, I'm getting such great feedback from, you know, Anthony's, uh, voices from the past. Yeah. Uh, and, and those people are just incredible. So yeah, you, you grew up with those people. So, yes. yeah. you know, sitting on the, the stoop, yeah. right. Watching ev- what everybody was doing and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't honestly know what to feel about this. Because as I feel sadness at the loss, but on the other hand, it's just you know inevitable. And I, I have a I have a nice picture of the North End that I show my students. It's, I, I, I thought, could have shared it with you. It's sort of somewhat private, but I show it to my students. A picture of Hannibal Street, and we talk about it. We analyze it. There's like four or five North End. There's these people around them, and I just try to explain to them: you'll never ever see another photograph of a situation like that again. They'll never exist. You know, sort of a moment that we all had in these Italian neighborhoods um, that we all shared. You shared it wherever we were in the United States. Can never, ever bring it back. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure it's the, the people hanging out the window, the people hanging on the stoop. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. fruit guy on the corner, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's amazing. It really, it really is. A, it, you know, to your point, it is, it is sad that we, we lost a lot yeah. of that stuff. Uh, and like you said, it's it's inevitable. You know, we're in a a different country, and and um, but I, you know, I don't want people to lose that. I want people to hear it and see it and know it. And and I'm really looking forward to the uh, the museum that's going to open up in New York City. It was supposed to be next month, but they had to delay it. I think until the spring. Um, but you know, he's going to have the sights and sounds and, and things like that. You know, in in that museum. So that should be that should be interesting. So now, have you have you gone back? Have you ever been to Italy? I have been. You know, I've been back uh, twice. So I was in the Middle East for school, and then I was coming back, and I stayed in Rome. Um, I traveled up into northern Italy. I didn't see any of my family at the time, but then I went back early two thousand, and I saw my father's family in um, in Abruzzo. So oh, so 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 you have so. I was going yes. to ask. So you have relatives there, close, yes. close, or uh, this was, you know, this was my, and I, I fell out of touch with them since. But this was my, um, you know, like a, it was a cousin, Domenico, Domenico Pasta. So he was a cousin, and I, I got in touch with him through my father's family. So just briefly, you know, growing up, somewhat of a aside, we always had a holidays with my mother's side of the family with her father, you know, and then I would visit my father's sisters and brothers with him, you know, and other occasions. So I didn't, I didn't know the history of that side of the family well until I went to Italy. But my mother and my sister, my sister actually married a guy from the same village as my grandfather's, uh, as, 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 as my grandmother, right? So they're really Paisan. And so my mother and my sister went back and they saw those relatives in, in, around Avellino. So, but I didn't get down there. I didn't get down there to see. Yeah, yeah. And I always, I always ask people. So, 
when you went to Italy, how did it feel? We'll be right back. Italian Roots and Genealogy is proudly sponsored by Your Dolce Vita and Dawn Matera, connecting people to their purpose in life and continuing their legacy. For more information, contact Dawn at www.yourdolcevita.com. Felt like I was back in the North then, really, <laughs> in a lot of ways. It did. It really did. Um, it felt familiar. Um, it wasn't like I wasn't in a foreign country. I was back. I was back home, but back in my home where I grew up. You know, and even just the way people looked, I felt like I looked more like other people. I felt I blended in better. I knew the food. It was the kind of style, the pace. You know, on the other hand, I was American, but I there wasn't like this distance. Uh, they they would perceive me more as an American than I would. Yeah, I know, and I felt the same way. We would. I mean. <laughs> We were supposed to be leaving tonight to go back. Oh, I'm, I'm so bummed. Uh, and we, I, this is the second time we canceled. I'm praying that we, we postponed oh, it again till so, May. Um, yeah. But we, I was going to meet cousins that I never knew existed up until I started doing research. Uh, and they were going to have, we were going to have like a party, you know. But yeah. when we were there the first time, 25 years ago, that, that and that's why I asked because. I felt like I was at home, you know. My wife said, "You love it here, don't you?" And I said, "I feel like I'm among my people." I said, "I, yeah. I can't explain it." Exactly. Know? I felt the same exact thing. But I, I felt like I was among my people. I can't quite explain it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's strange. It really is strange. And we were walking around Sorrento, and um, there was a Sorrentino butcher shop, and I was standing outside, just taking a picture of the sign, just to you know to have it, and. Um, the butcher came out and I, I got enough of what he was saying that he wanted to know who I was and why I was taking a picture of his store. Yeah, yeah. So I said, you know, Sorrentino, America. So he didn't get it. So I showed him my license. I said, oh. Sorrentino from America. And he said, Ashbet, Ashbet. And he ran next door and he brought out a guy who spoke English. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And he wanted to. You know, you want to know where we were and Sorrentino yeah, from where yeah, and, and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And uh, it was, they, they, I mean, they, they love it. They, they love yeah, that kind of stuff. They do. They um, do. And, you know, I, I the, how I found my cousins was interesting in that. And I didn't realize, I didn't find this out. We've been conversing for about two years now. And I didn't find this out until just recently that uh, my grandmother's last name is Piermalo. And that's not a common name. Mm. And... Um, she started a group on Facebook thinking she would find people maybe from Spain where the family originally originated or South America. Never expected to find somebody from America because she had no idea that there were any American cousins. And in fact, there were only two people that came, my grandmother and, and her aunt. Yeah. Uh, and once we connected and started comparing notes and everything, it was just it was just incredible. Um, and we started sharing pictures and you, you know, when you see the resemblance to somebody back to Italy that you never yeah. knew existed, it's, it's yeah. really an incredible find. And again, you hear those kinds of stories from, from so many people, you know? Yeah. Um, so now, so you left the North end, right? Yes. To, to yes. go do things. Uh, after you came back after all those years, was it a different neighborhood that you've, you know, kind of feel that it wasn't the same anymore? Or? 
Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was physically uh, disorienting. So I, I, the North then really had the big demographic change between 1990 and 2000. So I had been there in early 1990, still living there. And so I, I that's my memory of it, still very Italian. I had friends who came to visit and they still perceived it that way. I then was gone for about 10 years. I came back in early 2000 and I got sick to my stomach because as I was walking around, it was like, strangers in my in my house i didn't recognize anybody whereas before i always knew a good amount of the people so it was it was tough and I, I had to stay away actually for a couple of years and it was only teaching at bu when they asked me to teach a course that i had to go back to the north end and i and i was able to see that hey there's a lot more italians still there and a lot more of the old neighborhood people still there that i could connect with so then i, I felt connected again and i feel like it still is some of the old not then thankfully it so was you, really so, hard so do you teach a course related to um I, I, yeah at bu i teach a course um, a number of them but the standard one is a summer course for six weeks history of the north end and uh, we have dinner in the north end the last night of the class the students pay a fee ah that's so, so cool I, yeah, <laughs> that's really yeah, yeah 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 and so I the, get my, so, sorry so, so now so uh, I'm I'm going to assume it's mostly Italian st students that do it, but I'm sure you have other nationalities. Well, no, you know, I, I do have, let's say I, I have about, average about 12, 14 registered for the summer class. I would say only one or two are usually Italian or have an Italian, you know, name. The really? others are all kinds of people. Well, because the course is also on urban history. Ah, okay. So, so the students who are doing urban studies programs take it, uh, or people who are interested in Italian-American, because... We focus on the Italian history of the North End. Oh, but it's interesting. Yeah. I'd love to take that course and oh, then go anytime. have dinner in the North End. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we used to order, um, we used to order the Mike's cannolis. Yeah. And have them shipped. Is, he, is that still there? Are they still there? The Mo, yeah, Mike's still there, still yeah, doing the, well. Uh, yeah. Great cannolis. Anybody listening? I, know, I, I like Mike's. <laughs> if anybody listening. I don't go like online. To endorse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll endorse. Okay. Go online, look up Mike's cannolis in, in Boston's North End, and they, they ship you the box of the frozen cannoli cream and the fresh shells. And we used to have a we used to do it because we um uh we would spend a lot of time in a room for seven days doing systems work at, at Chase. And you know, one of the treats would be I'd order a couple of boxes of Mike's cannolis and we'd sit there on a slow time and Make the cannolis. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 a, a that's certainly a throwback. And what's great about it is, you know, they they, they don't get all wilted because they no. ship the they ship the, the, the shell and the the and bag of frozen cannoli cream separate. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really you think about the only way if you're not going to go in the store and get it, it's better. That's a better way to do it. Like you say, make your own. Yeah, 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 uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I love Mike. So I'll get a little plug for Mike. So maybe I'll get Mike on one day. Or I, I guess it's not Mike anymore. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Must be a. But, but what's interesting is you know, there's another another bakery pastry shop, and they do well. So both businesses do well, and then a lot of the little cafes and other stores sell cannolis, and everybody's doing well. So there's a there's a lot, big market for for cannoli, a big interest, right? And I guess. That's where the draw for other people is Italian-American food. Right. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, my my um, my uncle and my aunt used to work at the, the bakery in Corona, one of the big bakeries in Corona. Uh, 
back in the 50s. And um, that was, you know, I'd go back there with my uncle and he'd fill a jelly donut for you. <laughs> and those days, you took a bite of the jelly donut, it was every place. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so not like that anymore. But I am. Um, well, a jelly donut was like a canola, you know, it was full of, full of the stuffing, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, just recently I connected with, well, I, one of the granddaughters of the owner of the bakery, and she posted something about the pizza. And I said, I said, gee, I'd love to have the recipe. And she said, well, my cousin has it. Uh, and he told me, I, I can't give it out. You know, I promised my grandfather that I would never give this out. And I said, oh, I said, well, yes, because my uncle used to make it. My uncle was the baker, you know, Frank Nicoletti. And he says, oh, you're from that Nicoletti family? Wow. wow. I loved your uncle, Frank. I'll send you the recipe. <laughs> so the connection. That's, yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, and sure enough, it tastes eh, not exactly because I'm not that great a baker, but it, it's 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 pretty close. It's it's pretty I'm, close. I'm, I bet you're a good baker. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a better cook than I am a baker. Yeah, I'd say the same for myself. My wife's a good baker. She's yeah. a good cook. Yeah. I, my problem is, is, is um, I don't have the patience for baking, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, my Uncle Frank, Uncle Frank would roll out, you know, the, the, the pasta dough to make fresh ravioli with, you know, you have the board yeah. and the big yeah. long dowel and roll yeah. it out just the perfect thickness like it was nothing. Yep, yep. That that more that more than anything else amazes me, how these you know, uh, old Italian you know cooks and, and you know, uh, could roll out a sheet of pasta like that. I know, I know, and I can't do it. I have to cheat. I use the machine. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my, fa my father used to make homemade raviolis for Thanksgiving, and so you know every before Thanksgiving to be out there on the kitchen table having them all, and he'd roll them out exactly as you say, just perfect, cut them stuff yeah i i know amazing well yeah. we have a funny story in fact i wrote a song about it um we used to have my uncle used to make them for easter we used to have them at easter i think we had lasagna or something probably you know yeah. the other holidays but every year he would make probably 12 dozen raviolis and they used to put them on the sofa to dry yeah, yeah. uh well my cousin frank was i was probably about 10 or 11 my cousin frank was probably about 16 and he comes in and he just sits on the ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, everybody screams. Yeah. You know, well, as only Italians can scream. Uh, and he ran out of the house. Everybody's crazy. This house. Everybody's crazy. <laughs> Who puts ravioli on the sofa? <laughs> it was there every year. I mean, we, you yeah. know, we all yeah. knew it was there. Yeah. Uh, and, the, and, that was my favorite. I ravioli and the monogotta. Those were my two favorites. Yeah. Uh, I could I could not eat anything else and just get seconds of that. You know. Yeah. Um, your father wasn't a baker by trade, though, right? No, no. So he he did. He was a laborer. You know, he he did construction most of his life. Um, but for a short time, when I was very young, him and his brother Dominic opened a bakery in East Boston. And, you know, Dominic then eventually worked in a bank. So I don't know where they inherited the skill of baking. I don't know. I wish they did. But they opened up the bakery in East Boston. They were there for about a year or two years. I remember, you know, as a little boy going in there with them in the back room in the big bowl. Um, and they, they sold pastries and 
Um, so he knew that, you know, and he, he continued to bake as we were growing up. But you know, yeah, that's a business. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I'm sure it's a tough business, and competition is probably, probably very, very, you know, tough. You know, not yeah. not so not so much anymore. I mean, we. I'm blessed. I have an Italian bakery four blocks away uh, down here in okay. Bradley Beach. Yeah, uh, and truly, I'm uh, blessed. Yeah, <laughs> I could walk there. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I had a uh, before I left Chase. There was a this young black girl who was kind of my protege, I guess. She was like my daughter. Uh, and uh, we were in Little Italy in New York one day and we were walking, you know, through past one of the little small bakeries, you know. And I said, I said, come inside here. I said, well, I said, we'll get something, but come, you have, we have to go inside here. So we walk inside and I said, this is what it smelled like when I was growing up. And she said, you grew up like smelling this? Yes. And I said, yep. I said, this yep. is what it smelled like when you walked in an Italian bakery. Yeah, yeah. It's I uncomparable. <laughs> yeah, our, our whole neighborhood, you get not only that, the restaurants, um, the bakeries, you know, we, I, I wrote something recently for Anthony, um, his next book, and, and in it, I said, you know, that how long will it not then be an Italian neighborhood? Well, as long as it smells like one, it'll be an Italian neighborhood. There's a certain smell that you grow up with. It's so normal and it's so wonderful. Yeah. Right. Whether it's the bakery or the the Latticini store or the you know the sauces place, they all have yeah. that unique yes. smell. Yes. They blended together. And you know, the restaurants in the north, and you really you walk on the Hanover Street you know, on the you know, in the evening and you can smell all the garlic and food and it's just wonderful. I know, I know. Yeah, that's that's and it's so uniquely Italian. It is. It is. You know, that yeah. smell is uniquely Italian. This has been great, Anthony. I really, really appreciate looking back in time with you. My um, pleasure. I'm going to throw another plug in for Mike's. Mike's cannolis. All right. <laughs> I'm going to put the, I'm going to put They're the, all good. Uh, the link out <laughs> it's there. Good. They're all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think he's the only one who ships them, right? I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I know yeah, he does. I know, I know they ship yeah. them. So if you, if you live good. anywhere in the United States, you want a good cannoli, you get Mike's. All right. Well, thanks, Anthony. I appreciate it. All right. Take care, Bob. All right. Take it easy. Bye -bye.